Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. AKA Radio Red is in the house. This is Reading My Lips, cool conversations with creatives. And I've got three very, very interesting ladies with us today. They are creatives. I met them all at various times on the National Publicity Summit, where most of you who are my regular listeners know I have met 99.99% of my guests for the past, oh, probably 10 or 12 years for this show. And I'm happy to have them. And we're going to explore the theme of creativity in the context of who they are, what they do, what their passions are. They're smart and they're very creative, I promise you that. And they're really interesting and they're all beautiful. So that's a mix we can't deny. <laughs> Ladies, before I introduce you, I want you to help me greet. We have a special listener named lovely lanky Laura Legs, and she goes by LLL. So on the count of three, I want you all to say with me, hello, LLL. You ready? One, two, three. Hello, LLL. LLL. Well, that was one of the longest hello LLLs we've had in a long time. Thank you very much. I'm watching us. Say hello to Facebook. Hello, Facebook. There we go. I'll send you the link afterwards so you can send the replay out to your friends. I want to do a shout out to Josh, my engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio Voice America. And we're coming to you live not only on Facebook, but on the Empowerment Channel. So let's get this party started and see what we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to introduce each of my guests with just a one or two line overview of the wonderful work they do and who they are, what they do. And I'm going to ask them to just follow up with about two minutes of a little more of what what you do. Ladies, I'm going to put you on full screen speaker view when you're talking so everybody can see you. So first up is Christina Smith. If you're looking her up, she doesn't have an H in her name. It's C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A Smith. She's the award-winning author of the Yoga for the Brain series of Profound philosophy and fun puzzle books. That's a loaded sentence, Christina. And she also is the author with Chef Ron Oliver, impressive, of The Great Gatsby Cookbook. So, Christina, let me put you on full speaker view, and please just take about two minutes and tell us a little bit more about what you do. Go ahead and welcome. Well, thank you, Red, and thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. I mean, being on a show full of creative people, the, the three of you other ladies are just blowing me away because what I love about creativity is that it comes in variety of forms and fashions, and it looks different on every single individual. It's a unique expression of basically the life force working through us with joy, passion, and purpose, right? That's right. And tell me, how did you get into writing puzzle books, creating puzzle books? And what about The Great Gatsby Cookbook? Give me a little background, please. Okay. Well, I've been a writer. I've been an entrepreneur most of my career. And as an entrepreneur, I pretty much did a variety of things because I, I, I was a writer for and did a lot of freelance writing. I was a chef. I was in marketing and I produced events. So that's kind of been my career. Uh, I wrote the puzzle books with my brother, Rick. Uh, most people think it's my husband, but no, it's my brother. And it's a fun way that we get to play together because Rick and I grew up in what we call an ivory tower upbringing where our parents really didn't let us have friends come over or really 
have friends too much. We went to school far away from where we lived. So we pretty much just played with each other, which meant we were doing puzzles and games and so forth. So even now, as we get together as adults, when we get together, we have a jigsaw puzzle going or we talk about puzzles or, or we cook together. So this series is a vehicle of fun things I can do with my brother and my whole team on my Yoga for the Brain team is all people that I've known for quite a while and have been colleagues over the years, plus a few new friends. Thank you very much. We're going to explore the type of puzzles you publish, Christina, and your cookbook in a little bit. So thank you so much. Let's go to my second guest. It's Dr. Karen Gedney, G-E-D-N-E-Y. If you want to look her up, this is interesting. She is an internal medicine specialist and MD, yes. She was placed in a male medium security prison in 1987. You can do the math. That's a while ago to do a four-year scholarship payback. And against all odds, Dr. Karen Gedney stayed three decades and turned this into her calling. And that's a wow. And she's an author as well. Dr. Karen Gedney, so happy to have you here. Very impressed with your background. Tell us a little bit more about what is this all about? Go ahead, Karen. Thanks a lot, Red, for giving me this opportunity to share how I think of creativity. And I must say that in medicine world, people are not exactly creatives. And when I was tossed into the prison, the biggest impact I had was to see the creativity in the prison population. And their ability to make something out of nothing was really quite extraordinary. And also their artistic talents, uh, the way they looked at life, that was something that I really treasured. And I also tried over my years in the programs I did sort of as a volunteer on the side to bring out that creativity. And I found that in more than anything, it helped them heal because it helped them access emotions where in prison, you tend not to access any emotion except anger because any other emotion uh, can be considered a vulnerability in the prison, but creativity is one arena to allow the inmate population to experience it. And so I'm very attached to the concept of creativity to be brought into prisons. Thank you. And Karen, may I call you Karen or do you want oh, to yes, be called? Dr. Okay. I'd like to call you Dr. Gedney, but I'll go back and forth. What is the title of your book? I see it in the back there. It is 30 Years Behind Bars, Trials of a Prison Doctor. And I wrote the book uh, because I really wanted the outside world to see a world that's really shrouded from the public uh, through the eyes of someone oriented to understand and heal and support instead of shame and punish and lock away from the world. And I wanted them to see it through my eyes. Thank you very much. It just sounds very brave and bold. Uh, you and I will talk offline. I had a relative who worked in a prison for many years in a maximum security, and I'll share some of those experiences that she told me about with you. And yeah. now my third guest, Susan Shumsky, Dr. Susan Shumsky. I was so surprised to see you at a recent National Publicity Summit. It's virtual now, so I only spend five and a half hours on Zoom in 14 breakout rooms meeting 80 of the people <laughs> who are there, but you all get to spend six days on Zoom meeting 100 media people, so my heart goes out to you. <laughs> Susan is just fascinating. She is the, listen, everybody, if you think you might want to write a book or a poem or something, 
something. Susan has written only 20 best-selling books in English. She's got 36 in foreign editions. She studied for 20 years with the founder of Transcendental Meditation, the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. And he was the guru for the Beatles, and she served on the Maharesh Mahesh, Mahesh Yogi's personal staff for six years. Susan Shumsky, so good to see you again. Talk to me. Really? Tell, hi, tell us your background, and you got so many books there. Just give us some more background. Go ahead, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Thank you for inviting me again, Rad. It's great to see you again. Yeah, I've been in the spiritual field for over 50 years, and creativity comes from within, I've found. Creativity is something that we can tap into within us, and everyone is creative. Everyone has creative potential. It's just a matter of using it. It's a matter of practicing it. So I've been practicing creativity all my life. I started out as an artist, and then I became a meditation teacher, and then I became an author. And also I produced tours and conferences at sea on cruise ships. So, so I'm an entrepreneur as well. And being an entrepreneur is another really creative endeavor. So that's, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Hey, thank you. And tell me a little bit about the book. The main book I had read years ago when you were on was Maharishi and Me. What, what's the perspective of that? Any secrets revealed in that? Tell us. Oh, yes. There's, there's a lot of secrets revealed in Maharishi and Me, Seeking Enlightenment with the Beatles Guru, which is my memoir. And so it's a really crazy, incredible trip that I went on for 20 years in Maharishi's various ashrams and living on his personal staff for six years, meeting all these famous celebrities who came to visit Maharishi and himself being a huge celebrity and being in his presence was a most unusual experience, incredibly intense, emotionally roller coaster. Uh, it was it was quite something to experience a, a spiritual master from India and to be close to him for so long. Thank you very much, Susan. Again, delightful to see. I was so surprised. I do get repeat people who come to the summit back every couple of years, and I'm thinking I had a guest on about oh about eight months ago, and I knew she sounded familiar. Now remember. Before COVID, well, you don't remember. I know, and Susan, you may know, you may remember that all my radio shows were done on the phone. I didn't use Zoom. Maybe we didn't have Zoom. Maybe I wasn't ready to do it. But when COVID started in mid-2020, I moved all of my business radio shows, which I do under a different name in this show, to Zoom. So now I get to see you think. Karen Gedney, I'm watching you think. And Christina Smith, I'm watching you think. And what am I going to say next? And Susan is smiling, and I get to see your books and your backgrounds. And I call this nuanced radio. It really makes it a lot more fun. But I didn't see you then, Susan, other than at the summit. And the summit was in person back in the day. I was yes. in New York and it was a 26-minute train ride from Great Neck, Long Island into Penn Station across the street, mind the light, and go to the Hotel Penn. And there I met, oh, about 110 people who had signed up for the summit. And it was just a Saturday morning was when I went. So I, I just had a good time. And then they moved it online. Now I do it three or four times a year. 
and meet so many more people. So there you go. Ladies, let's do a little bit of level setting if you don't mind. And today is July 26th. I have a question for all of you. We all wondered when would 2020 ever be over, right? When would that horrific year be over? And now it's 2021 and it's like, what? It's almost August 1st. I don't know where it's going. Is time speeding by for you, Christina Smith, this year? You feel um, it's just galloping? It, uh, not necessarily. I mean, okay. it, I don't wouldn't say specifically it's galloping because we're at, in 2020, time really slowed down and then it kind of hit a level pace. In 2021, it kind of is going like this. It's kind of like a sine wave and sometimes it levels off. So, you know, it's actually even more like a snake for me. Okay. I, I just feel like every time I look up, it's another month. I don't know. I've, I've talked to other people. Karen Gedney, what do you think? Is, yes. is it speeding along for you? Any thoughts? I think the older I get, it's the percentage of time. So it is speeding up. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm not admitting to that. Susan Chomsky, what's your take? Well, I was going to say the same thing. The older I get, the faster it moves. Uh, but really, I'm, I'm in the timeless zone because I'm always sitting in front of my computer write, writing my next book. So... All I do is just sit at that computer day and night, day and night, and it's like I'm in this timeless zone. Well, good for you, and you're certainly a prolific writer, and I'm sure that keeps time going. I've been trying to write my first murder mystery novel. I've been working on it for a couple months, and I just keep it in a folder called My Book on my desktop. And when I feel like it, if I can't sleep at 1 in the morning or 10 o'clock at night or on a Saturday if I don't have anything to do, God forbid, I'll (laughs) I'll just go to the Word document and I'll add a little. I'll tell you later what it's about. But I picked who gets murdered, and I picked the psychological profile of the person who does the murder but it's a comedy but I haven't put them the two of them together in a place in time yet so I haven't gotten there but I'm having so much fun writing the background information the comedy part that I'm in no particular hurry I'm just having a good time so it's July 26th this is the 207th day of the Gregorian calendar and I always do a shout out to Greg Gregory Greggy whatever his name is thank you to his mother for naming him something we could repeat the Gregorian calendar (laughs) If it would have been the Aloysius calendar, I don't know how we would have felt it. I don't, maybe I'm making fun of it. I'm sorry, Aloysius. Anyway, I would say Greg, Greg, Gregory. We have 160 days left in 2021. That's what I was getting to, Christina. It's the 29th Monday, and nobody cares about that except me. And what I like to say is only 160 days left. That means ladies and whoever is watching, gentlemen, any any gender, any faith, anything, get thee to either a still in your backyard where you're going to make your own beer or whiskey, get thee to a liquor store in person or online, because I got to tell you, everything will be off the shelves before, well before December 31st, because people are going to be so happy that we got through 2021 better than 2020. So if you're brewing Kahlua in the sink in the garage, now's the time to start your signature Kahlua. I'm talking to you, Susan Chomsky. And if you need to go to a liquor store, find it online and reserve something good for New Year's Eve because it's going to be here sooner than you think. I promise, Christina, it is galloping. So let's go to, I'd like to do a couple of celebrity birthdays, if you don't all mind. I guess you have no choice. It's my show. Let's just do a couple of rounds here. I have some really famous people and some I know from, I recognize them from TV and movies. You may not be familiar with a young actress named Monica Raymond, R-A-Y-M-U-N-D. She was on the Fox TV series Lied, Lie to Me, and it was a psychological show about people who lied in, in crimes and psychology and in, uh, in business. And I'm trying to remember, Tim, um, I can't remember his name, a British actor. Ross. 
Tamborot, thank you. I had a I had a crush I on him. I love that show. I love. I show. had a crush on him, and they canceled the darn show. I was so upset they canceled it. Oh my god. Me too. I it would was have so signed. Cool. I never signed petitions. I would have signed. It. I felt that it was too smart for the public Probably. to get it. But they did the microbursts and all of the ways that we detect lying people who lie. And Karen, I'm sure you came across a lot of that in the prison setting. So Monica Raymond, and she was also uh, on The Good Wife. Before the good fight, and she was on Chicago's Chicago Fire and NBC. Kate Beckinsale, you're all familiar with her. Happy birthday. She starred in Pearl Harbor, the movie with Ben Affleck. Happy birthday, Kate Beckinsale. Chris Harrison, anybody know his name? What he does? Well, he got fired from The Bachelorette. Well, there you go. He's the host of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. That's what he's famous for. He was. Okay. Well, they didn't update his bio on the famous birthday site. Jason Statham. I always want to say Stratham. He is an action film star. And if you don't fall in love with those muscles and that looking, that chin and that grin, I don't know. But anyway, uh, I've seen him in a couple of movies and he's just really powerful. Sandra Bullock. Isn't she considered one of America's movies, sweethearts? She is 57 today. Can you believe time has flown? She won an Academy Award in 2009 for her leading role in the film The Blind Side. She starred in Speed, Gravity, The Proposal, Miss Congeniality. Who can miss that one? Crash and The Bird Box. Interesting movies. Roger Taylor, I had to mention him because he is the drummer with the British rock band Queen. He's also a songwriter, and I'm a drummer. So anybody who has drummer in front of their name, I do a birthday shout out to Roger Taylor. Helen Mirren, another fixture, right? In British and American movies and TV. What a beautiful lady. Actress won an Academy Award for Best Actress for her portrayal of Elizabeth II in the 2006 film The Queen. And she has won awards for all. uh, She's just elegant. She's wonderful. Mick Jagger. What a day for birthdays. I got to tell you, how could you have Mick Jagger, Helen Mirren, Jason Statham, Kate Beckinsale, Sandra Bullock all in the same day? Oh, my God. All those well years apart. Anyway, uh, Mick Jagger. Anybody want to guess how old he is? You might know, Susan. Any guess? No, he's got a, he's probably around 80. Close, a little bit less. Anybody? 73. 76, 78, 78, 78. I'm sorry, Helen Mirren is 76. Lady never tells her age, but we just did. 78. Jagger is considered one of the most influential figures in the history of rock and roll, front man of the Rolling Stones. He's iconic. He's inimitable. He's one of a kind. And he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with the Stones in 1989. That's a long time ago. Now, I have a couple of birthdays of people whose names were very interesting to me. They are Instagram stars. They're rappers. They, some of them are actors and actresses. They're YouTube stars. And they are TikTok stars. And that's a little bit of everything there. So we have somebody named, he's 16 today, Bad Kid Michael. That's a name. Okay, I just want you to know. And then we have a rapper named Storm Z, Z Z-Y, Storm Z. Then we have an 11-year-old who's supposed to be a TV actress named Kingston Foster. That's an interesting name for a girl, Kingston. Then we have a YouTube star named Rico the Giant. Happy birthday. I know, I know. Then we have a YouTube star named Biffle Wiffle. I'm not kidding you. I got it from, from the mountain. This is from the famous celebrities. Then we have a young girl who's six, and she's a YouTube star, and her name is Safari Alce. S-E-F-A-R-I, Safari. And then we have a TikTok star whose name is, two words put together, Derek Trenz, T-R-E-N-Z-Z, 
Trends, Derek Trends, one word. Okay, happy birthday to all of you. I'm not going to go through the national holidays yet. We are having fun with this. I want to get to know all of you a little bit better. So I've asked my guests to send me, fill out a form, it's called a jot form, and send me their favorite movie quote or song quote. And we're going to see why they picked it and what it has to do with creativity. Let's have some fun. Christina Smith, you sent me a quote from the lyrics of A Million Dreams by Pink. And here's the line. They can say it all sounds crazy. They can say I've lost my mind. I don't care if they call me crazy. We can live in a world that we design. A million dreams is all it's going to take. Oh, I get chills. Christina, how'd you pick this one? Talk to me. Oh, I, I love music. And I find that song to be very inspiring. And it really, to me, it wraps up creativity into one neat bundle. If you allow yourself to have your dreams and follow your dreams um, and just go with it and find a way to make them say yes, rather than all the ways you, they say no, then a million dreams is all it's going to take to make a world that you love. Thank you. That was lovely. And I love the way you described it. Thank you very much, Christina. Dr. Karen Gedney has picked a quote from a very well-known song, Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. And the line is, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then make a change. Karen, you certainly did that. Talk to me about this quote, please. Well, I, I picked the quote because it resonated with what I want to do. But more than anything, I wanted to inspire the inmates to uh, take a look at themselves and make the decision to change themselves so their world would be less miserable. And, uh, and that's why I picked the quote. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I like it. And that's, isn't that a famous phrase from Gandhi? Uh, be the, be the change you want to see in the world. Yes. So, very, yes much. very much. Thank you very much. Well, art artists borrow from each other. Hopefully nobody sues each other over these iconic statements. And let's go to the quote that Dr. Susan Chomsky sent me. And this is a beautiful quote from the Beatles. All you need is love. Da, 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 da. Sorry, I sing once in a while. I can't help myself. Susan, rescue me. Where'd you get this one? And what does it mean to you in terms of creativity? Go ahead. It means so much to me. Uh, I wrote this uh, memoir, Maharishi and Me, Seeking Enlightenment with the Beatles Guru. And right now I'm writing another book, which is called How India Influenced the Beatles. And India influenced the Beatles, but the Beatles influenced everyone when they uh, wrote such beautiful music as All You Need Is Love. And that was their essential message. I mean, that's what they were trying to get across through all of their music was that love is the most important power. It really is the only power in this universe. And divine love is the source of creativity. And we can all tap into that source. And through love, we can express ourselves in a myriad of ways, whether that be art, whether that be music, whether that be uh, anything else a film yep. or whatever it is that uh, floats our boat. <laughs> if you want to be a, uh, go out and uh, skateboard or whatever it is, that's creativity. And it, it comes from love. Thank you. Thank you all of you for the quotes. I'm going to pick randomly pick one of the four statements you each sent me for each of you and ask you to embellish it or expand it. Christina Smith, here's your statement number two. I love this. You say, I'll read it. 
I love to play with my food. I approach cooking as an art form, and she has art form as one word, I like that, and believe that food is fun and a gift. A culinary creation is a wonderful way to share love, health, and beauty in a personal way. I'm going to stop there because you have more in that statement. So, Christina, talk to me about I love to play with my food. Come on. I guess at some point we all do, but you still do, and you wrote a cookbook. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, I I just, actually, this is, I I have three more books coming out this year, and so one of them is something my publisher came to me and said, Hey, you know, the great Gatsby's going into the public domain. Why don't we would like you to write a cookbook? And that's all the direction I got. So my creative juices said, I've I'm a chef. I and I've worked with a celebrity chef over the years. And so I said, okay, well, let's create a cookbook. If if I just have that to work with, then I can take that and work with the food in the cookbook, just like I love to work with food. To me, it's like like Susan was talking about, if you're working with the, the essence of love or creativity and you bring it into your being, you know where it comes out most easily is through your hands. Hmm. And when you bring the energy of creativity and love through your hands, one of the best ways to utilize it is through bringing it into the food. And what's really wonderful about it is you just bring it right in there and then what do you do? You eat it. And so you eat all that creative love. Of course, it can go the other way. And that's sometimes why food doesn't taste so good that you've had before. But use it. you can be intentional with how you play with your food and bring your creative energy into it. And then really everyone can benefit from it. Thank you. That's lovely. And I think the root of every culture we know of, I believe, has food as a basis for right, for sharing, for love, for mm-hmm. family, for community. Look at the meals people prepare for their community's holidays. Look at Easter dinners. Look at Christmas dinner. Look at Hanukkah Seder meals. Look at how people share. And it's expected uh, It's expected that you will show up and be part of something based on food, whether you want to eat or not. It's there. It's, it's the glue. And on Blue Bloods, look, right, Tom Selleck's uh, – Cop series on Friday nights on hiatus right now. I think he's in his 27,000th uh, season. Uh, it's probably about 17. <laughs> they have Sunday dinner. If you haven't seen the series, they sit down at this huge table in this big house in Queens, New York, and everybody shows up and they have Sunday dinner and they talk and they share and they pass the dishes around. They sometimes show them cleaning up and doing the just, but family is, is food. You're right, Christina. It is a, it, binds people together. Well, you, know, you know what else is we talk about breaking bread and uh, yep. a person is a f- form of bringing into community. It's bringing people, brings people into community with each other. Absolutely. And if people say to you, hmm, I don't know, I didn't like that too much. Uh, you got something to talk about too. Okay. <laughs> or I'm, I'm a vegetarian. I'm not going to eat that. Yeah. That's another conversation. But get out of my house. Okay. No, that's not going to happen. Let's go to Dr. Karen Gedney. Karen, I'm looking at your statement number one. I put it in the chat for you because I find this very interesting. You say creativity means having curiosity and looking at a problem in a different way, then putting it into action. Talk to me a little bit about your creativity in the prison setting. We already know that you use things like creative writing, poetry, painting, building music to be part of bringing them out and getting into the healing mode. So Karen, talk to us a little about that curiosity, please. Well, you can imagine in a prison, a lot of people who run prisons, the last thing they have is curiosity. They just judge and and incarcerate. And for me, I was curious what could change behavior. I mean, really change behavior. And because I have, besides a creative little side, I definitely have a scientific side where I wanted to see what worked. 
And uh, one of the things that I found, it's not only the creativity of doing and making something novel, it's of being service to someone else. And so uh, I think the greatest thing for the inmate population, I mean, they could create beautiful artwork. Uh, we had a senior program where they basically were knitting and crocheting, that sort of thing. But when they did it, and that uh, creativity went into the hospice unit, which was also something that we had to create because it never existed mm. before. Mm. That made an impact. And the whole thing about, let's say service, uh, one of the things I was very attached to was that ability to foster communication between the different racial groups and uh, we started, I started really a, a Toastmasters group inside the prison system. What? Yeah, for the inmates. It was called Gavel Club. And we did it every other Sunday night. And I dragged my husband with me. And we were the staff. I was the staff liaison. And my husband was the poor volunteer husband that I dragged in. And my husband, uh, he passed away two years ago. But he was an African-American. So you have the African-American, the blonde female doctor, and we are helping them with Toastmasters and their ability to learn how to get across a point, to have conversations where they would criticize each other in the sandwich method, right? So you give something positive, then you give a constructive criticism, then something positive after to watch them support each other. It was one of the few groups besides the incarcerated veterans group, which my husband started on that prison yard that changed the way they looked at each other in terms of the racial groups. I'm, I'm listening, I'm hearing, and I'm a little overwhelmed by the weight of what you said, Karen, the importance of what you did and what your husband did. I'm just gonna say, thank you. Uh, and uh, and I enjoyed it. I mean, that's that's what I loved doing. And you were there, the accidental prison doctor. We'll we'll talk yeah, about that. Tourist <laughs> yeah. prison. Was well, more tourist. That that's true. I want to go. Thank you very much, Susan Chomsky. I'm looking at your statement number three, and this resonated with me. Let me read it, and then you you take over. Uh, this is very interesting. You say just as Brahms, Mozart, and Beethoven. And if you're a young listener and you've never heard of them, do your music history homework and look them up. Brahms, B-R-A-H-M-S, Mozart, M-O-Z-A-R-T, Beethoven. I won't spell it, but you won't know how to do that. Mozart, Beethoven, and Brahms said they heard the music and then they just transcribed it. And Susan says her creativity process, her creative process is to listen to the still small voice within and transcribe that in her writings and her artwork. Susan, talk to us, please. <laughs> I call it the inner genius the inner genius that we can tap into, which is within us when we ask, ask for creative expression, ask for inspiration, ask for healing, whatever it is that we want. For example, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, both of them talked about when they were writing their music, that sometimes it would just boom, it would, it would just come to them. Uh, for example, the song Across the Universe, that John just in the middle of the night, there it was, the whole thing. Paul McCartney with Let It Be and with Yesterday, he got those in dreams. 
and uh, some great artists like Picasso and Michelangelo. Uh, they just, uh, Picasso and Leonardo da Vinci actually, they stared at the canvas until the painting appeared and then they painted it. And Michelangelo, he said that he, he would just chip away at the marble to free the form that was already inside the marble. And Brahms and Mozart and Beethoven, they would enter into an altered state of awareness where they could hear the music and see the chords and the rhythms, and then they would just transcribe it. And Robert Louis Stevenson was another example. He said he gave what he called the gremlins of his mind a suggestion to produce a story, and then he would go to sleep and the story would appear to him in the morning. Fascinating. And the reason, Susan, thank you for the reason I said it resonated with me is on two levels. I started painting about a year and a half ago and now have 135 paintings. You write books, I paint of all sizes. They're hanging on the walls in my music room where my drum kit is. They're in my garage. I have 50 paintings on the walls of my garage. They're in my living room. They're not in the bedroom. They're in the kitchen. They're here in my office. I must have 25. And I switched from watercolors and collages. And if you look behind me, if you can see me on Facebook there, that is one of my paintings. The lips were added, the red lips by the artist at Voice America. But you see little things. It's like a skyline. It's it's supposed to be buildings. But the jewelry, I use leftover pierced earrings that were without a mate. And I had a whole bunch of them. I think we all do, ladies, if you, yes, I know. Jewelry leaves us, it comes and goes. Sometimes it just never comes back. So I took the, some of the ones and I punched it through the canvas and put the actual backing on the other side. And this is is a, one of my compositions. So read my lips. We put it over one of my pictures. Anyway, I moved from watercolors and collages. And I use things like wrappers on vegetables, uh, peas, and inside of chocolate chip cookies. They have wonderful... It's a, like a tinfoil that doesn't crinkle. It's very sturdy inside of the... I, I'm not admitting to eating chocolate chip cookies. I did give them up a while ago. But anyway, the inside has the, this freshness preservation, and it's wonderful, and you can use it and cut it into shapes and glue it onto a canvas, believe it or not, and paint around it. So I have all kinds of interesting things. But I went to acrylic paint porn. And if anybody's looking for some great inspiration, there's an artist in Australia named Jilly, G-I-L-L-Y, like Jillian, but she puts a Y... Cube, K-U-B-E, and she has subscribed to her series for free. So I do paint pouring, and I take an, an empty half of an egg carton for six eggs, and I pour the paints, put a little silicone oil in them in different colors in each cup, and then I pour. And then you tilt the canvas. These are wet acrylic paint pouring. They have a medium in them to make them flow. And then I see what happens. You put them on a big pad on your counter or whatever. You have to do it flat, otherwise you mess all over the place. And what I've found, Susan and everybody, is that once the paint stopped running and I stopped tilting and I let it just dry, things talk to me, Susan. Things emerge. I have one. I didn't know what it was. I found there were three football players on a field at night. I have one where three elephants emerged. I have another one where it's Broadway is open again. It's singers and dancers on a stage. They come out of the paint and they yell at me and they say, hey, you, do you know what you painted? The answer is no. I just tilted the canvas to pick the colors. So this is starting, inner voice, it's starting to come back to me rather than me saying, oh, I think I'll paint football players. I wouldn't know how to do that. They're there. They're in the picture and they're jumping out and talking to me. And the other thing is I wrote a couple of romantic comedy plays when I was in New York years ago. And once I started writing Susan, 
It poured out of me, and I did one play in three days, from 1 o'clock in the morning till 4 in the morning. I just kept writing. They were talking to me. The script, the back and that's forth, right. the dialogue. They ju- it's just It just comes. Once you yeah. know who your characters are, that's it. Yeah, you just let it happen. Yes. Um, I call myself a God plagiarist. I just, I just copy whatever God <laughs> tells me to write. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to quite go there, but I, I it just it just comes out sometimes. I'm hoping with my new novel it comes out, but I'm having so much fun writing the humor that I haven't gotten to that part yet. Thank you very much for the inspiration. Christina, let's do one more round. We have time. Uh, Christina, I'm looking at your statement number four. I sent it to you in the chat. You say, sometimes the key to creativity is not doing and allowing the space between projects to be. I'm going to stop there and let you finish this. Christina, take about two minutes and tell us, and I'll put one in the chat for you, Karen, next. Go ahead, Christina. Well, and I'll just finish that statement. There we integrate, recharge, and allow ourselves to float in the spaciousness of potential until sparked by new inspiration. And I call that, that, and I stole this from my colleague, um, quantum physicist, Dr. Amit Goswami, is doobie doobie do. We got we go between doing and being. Uh, so much of society is focused on do, 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 do. But if you go into doobie doobie do, then you have a much more balanced life and there is space for other things to happen. Because when we stop doing and take a breath, and allow for some space, just like tilting the paintings red and allowing the space for what is to emerge, then you have a whole new perspective. You brilliantly illuminated that whole point there, Red, when talking about your painting. Thank you. You're very, very kind. Go ahead. You have something else to say. Go ahead. Well, and sometimes the hardest thing to do is if you're a doer and a driver and really like to get things done, then the B time is sometimes hard because it's it's not the easiest thing to sit and go, well, I have all these ideas and then go, so I'm just going to start, but taking the time to allow it to wait until you know the time is just right. And it's kind of like catching a wave as a surfer. You just have to be patient and wait for the wave to maximize your creative potential. Thank you very much. Very interesting concept. Karen, let's go to your statement number four. I like this one. You say creativity means stepping out of your comfort zone or your prison, appropriate word for you, and trying something new. How much did you experience this, Karen, when you were helping the inmates to find that path to healing through creativity? What did you see? Well, it's a combination of things because my comfort zone is really science, medicine, uh, analytical thinking. And for me, I had to step out of, let's say my uh, power, and, and enter an area where I must say, like in my mind, I didn't look at myself as creative, like artists and things like that. But when I saw the need they had, I had to do things that I never did before, which was um, go against a power structure and a hierarchy in a prison and start things that had never, ever, ever existed in the prison and that was stepping out of my comfort zone because I don't like confrontation. But uh, one of the things I also developed was something called HRR, which is health-related recovery. Hmm. And initially I thought, wow, there are all these addicts. I got to help them with that. And I don't know anything about addiction. I never even 
smoked a cigarette. You see what I mean? And that's not mm-hmm. something they really teach you. But it became very clear to me that more than anything, they needed life skills. Mm-hmm. And that enabled me to be, let's say, uh, test my creativity, how to get across life skills to them in terms of stress management. And I know Christina would be glad. I even brought in yoga and meditation and tried that out on them. And uh, we had a talent show. You know, I tried all sorts of odd things. I would have loved to do more, but there's only so much you can do in a prison. I'm sure. And I'm sure there was infrastructure and there were rules and regulations. And you probably slipped between those areas to get done. Again, bravo for everything you did, Karen. It was brave to begin with. You have to tell us, what was the deal with the scholarship? You had to go into the men's prison. Did you have an option of where you went? They just said, Karen Gedney or whatever your name was at the time. You go to prison for four years. Good luck, lady. How did that happen? Well, you sign a contract with the National Health Service Corps. It's like being part of the military, except this is the National Health Corps. And uh, when you owe four years, they decide where to place you. And uh, I didn't have much say-so because at that time, uh, the prison systems uh, were under federal lawsuits and they had to get doctors and doctors wouldn't work in the prisons in those years because of the violence and the you know, murders. And in my second year I was held hostage and I can show, oh. can I show one thing, right? So sure. just so after the hostage thing, the, it was the inmates that helped me heal. But I don't know if you can see this, but yes. this is the card that 40 lifers signed for me what? because the guy who took me hostage was a lifer. But it just shows their creativity. I just wanted to show that it. Is be- just hold it for a second. That is beautiful. Did they, one person did the artwork on the cover of yeah, the Yeah, one person did the artwork. And of course, one of the guys got, 43 lifers on my yard to sign it because every lifer signed it because the guy who took me hostage was a lifer and was killed when the SWAT team came in to mm. get me out. Mm. So. We're glad you made it through. And that card is a beautiful memento, not just of the crisis situation you were in, Karen, but it looks like of the work you had done. That's Yeah, beautiful. I saved a lot of their artwork. Yeah. You know, sometimes they would send me things, you know, like thank you notes or whatever, but they were always attached with artwork or poetry. <laughs> so Amazing. Thank you very much. And speaking of that, I'm going to statement number four from Susan Chomsky, and I'm just going to read the first Two, three lines here, because this is what I want you to talk about. We have a little little more time left. You say creativity is a learnable, teachable skill. It requires no special innate talent. Anyone can develop creativity by learning how to open to that infinite wellspring of creativity within. I like that. I'm going to talk to my infinite wellspring from now on. Susan, talk to us. (laughs) What does this mean? You are tapping into that. (laughs) Thank you. You talked about the beautiful artwork that you've been doing. Uh, Really, it's just a matter of doing it, allowing it to happen. And when we, through meditation, for example, uh, when we go into a meditative state and then we ask for inspiration or we ask for creativity, we ask for whatever it is we want to accomplish, we do receive it. Now, creativity is just like any other skill. It's like learning to play the piano, for example, or learning a new language, we could just say, okay, I want to be creative. I want to learn creativity. 
So how do we do that? Well, it takes allowing it to happen and it also takes practice just like any other skill. So the more that we practice, the better we get. Uh, for example, if you're learning to play the piano at first, nobody wants to hear you play. It's all these sour notes. But then once you get better at it, everyone wants to hear you play. So similarly, with any kind of creative endeavor, it's just a matter of practice, practice, practice. And most importantly, don't be afraid to make a mistake because you're gonna make mistakes. It's just, that's part of learning. That's just naturally part of the process. Thank you, Susan. Oh. I remember having a, I, I was a ballroom and Latin and, and disco dancer years ago. I don't do that anymore. I play drums now, by the way, Susan, you didn't know that. No, and I'm yeah, about I, I, okay. I started about three years ago. Has it been really that long? I remember I used to have a dance partner when I was in New York and every time he would mess up on what he thought should be the next part of the choreography, we're talking about ballroom dancing. We're not talking about anything strict, no contests. He would say, oh, I messed up. I said, well, you just keep dancing. Nobody cares. Just he stopped and say, oh, that was the wrong step. No, just, there's no, just keep. I'm sorry. It was very exasperating. Ladies, thank you very much for taking the time to fill out the form I sent you. And you see why. I, I think it drives, I know, it drives a very rich conversation. And you all sent me such beautiful thoughts and such valuable, deep approaches, your own approach to what creativity means. And that's why I've switched the format of the show to pull that out of all of you. We're learning about you through what you sent me. So thank you. And we have a few minutes left. We've got actually 10 minutes left. I want to go through the national holidays. I think Christina took a peek at the national holiday calendar, the same one I use. So she's all ready for this. So ladies, today, Monday, July 26th, get ready. This is National All or Nothing Day, meaning take risks. Who, do, who does all or nothing every day? K Karen, I think you were doing it for 30 years. Yes. Susan, what about you, Christina? Yes, I think so too. It doesn't mean you're going to make a lot of friends, but it means you're going to, you're going to get out there out of your comfort zone, right, Susan? And, and do what, what you think needs to be done. Okay. It's aunt and uncle day. Mine are all gone. I don't know. I'm not an aunt or an uncle. I'm not an uncle. I'm not an aunt to anybody. Is anybody celebrating aunt or uncle day? Anybody? Well, I have to tell you, this may have meaning to you. It had meaning to me. Last Thursday, I believe, was National Gorgeous Grandma Day. Yeah. And I told my granddaughters, and I got a nice little Happy Gorgeous Grandma Day. They're both in college. From them on text, not phone call. And then uh, one of my children has puppies instead of human children. And I said I needed to have a greeting from the two. They're beautiful Australian Labradoodles. One's three and one's one, Amos and Jake. And the next thing I know, she took a picture of the dog. She got them both to, they, one of them loves the camera, the other one not so sure. And they're both sitting there like this, looking right at the camera. It was one of the most beautiful pictures. One's chocolate and one's blonde. And it just, it was just gorgeous. So anyway, that was my present. So it's also, ah, bagel fest day. Does anybody know the secret ingredient to a good bagel? Anybody know? They are boiled in water what? before they are baked. And that's why, Karen, you know that people say, oh, we brought back, the, we brought the New York water down to Florida with the only bagel shop that has New York water. It's supposed to be the water that makes them special. I tried making bagels once, not so good. But the yeah, I miss them. You, you do. I miss New York bagels. Were you, how long were you in New York? When were you there? Well, I grew up in upstate New York in, in Saugerties in the Catskill Mountains. But, you know, I would 
my family and I would go down to New York because my grandmother was a nanny for a rich Jewish family in New York City, the Sages. <laughs> interesting. Very and, interesting. Yeah, so I grew up with locks, I mean, bagels and locks and gefilte fish and la la la. You know, hey, I, very I interesting. I, I think we all do. Susan, yeah. any bagels in your past? Absolutely. <laughs> I loved on bagels as I me, grew up. Me too, Christina. Oh, wait. Wait. Christina, are bagels are bagels in your cookbook, Christina? I don't think so. No bagels in this cookbook. Okay, it's Great Gatsby. No, we we wouldn't be we wouldn't be caught with bagels. And it's also Coffee Milkshake Day. So there you go. Today is so when you're having the bagels, you're celebrating your aunt and uncle. You're all or nothing, taking no taking risks. You can have a coffee milkshake day now. Tomorrow, this is Christina's favorite holiday. I think she told me it's National Creme Brulee Day. Mm -hmm. It's Scotch Day. We're not talking hopscotch. We're talking woohoo. It's take your pants for a walk day. And the idea is to go out and get some walking, not on a, yes, take your pants, not take off your pants and go, but take your pants, not on a treadmill. treadmill. So ta topping vanilla custard with a brittle crust of caramelized sugar or caramelized, as I used to say, creme brulee means burnt cream or creme in French. And it's also called crema catalana and Trinity burnt creme. Those are different names around the world. And it's delicious. Wednesday, well, you know, the Go best ahead. part about it is, is, to, is torching the sugar because you get to use a little mini blow torch and torch the sugar. I have one of those for my artwork. I'll have to start making creme brulee. There you go. <laughs> Wednesday is just plain old National Milk Chocolate Day. I'm more of a dark chocolate girl. So anybody into milk chocolate? Karen, Susan? Nope. Okay. Well, we won't be celebrating. Thursday is interesting. It's a day of a lot of food and other things. It's International Tiger Day. We'll leave that one alone. But it's National Chicken Wing Day, Chili Dog Day, Lasagna Day. So much for the food. It's Lipstick Day. Every day is Lipstick Day for me. It's Refreshment Day. I don't know what that means because we've already got the chicken wings, the chili dogs, and lasagna. And it's Rain Day, celebrating the power of rain. So of those three food celebrations, chicken wings, chili dog, and lasagna, what's your favorite? Susan? Lasagna. I go with you. I'm meatless, so I would have more of a vegetable lasagna. Me too. I'm a vegetarian. There you go. Christina, what would you like? Chili dog, lasagna. chicken wings? Lasagna. Lasagna. Karen, what about you? Lasagna number three. All right. We got four lasagnas here coming right up. Okay. Uh, let's see. Fr that was Thursday. Friday is International Day of Friendship. Oh, but it's also National Cheesecake Day. I'll have one of those. It's Father-in-Law Day. Uh, it's Get Gnarly Day, G-N-A-R-L-Y. Some people will know what that is. And it's Talk in an Elevator Day. And on the national calendar I use, they have an explanation for all these. Some of them are just really corny. This says, elevators have been around since 200 BC. I find that hard to believe. Maybe mechanical ones. I don't think they're what we have today. Strike up a conversation with a stranger on National Talk in Elevator Day on the last Friday of July to forge new friendships. I think you're at great risk of life and limb if you start. <laughs> never, never mind. I don't get in an elevator with strangers. We'll leave that one alone. Saturday, delicious. It's National Avocado Day. Who likes avocados? Yes. Who mashes them with mayonnaise and a little bit of maybe a drop of vinegar and makes a like a, uh, a guac? Anybody? No. What do you do with them, Christina? No mayonnaise. No. <laughs> no mayonnaise. No. I'll even put a chopped hard-boiled egg in with the mayonnaise yeah. and make that. <laughs> what do you do with yours? Just plain avocado sliced? Oh, I do all kinds of things, but sometimes play bon avocado slice. Sometimes I mash them with um, a little lemon juice and make a little guacamole with the onions and everything else in it. That's pretty Very good. nice. Susan, what do you do with your avocados? I'm 
sometimes I eat them with some mayonnaise, actually. You do too. I chop them up and put them in the salad or yep. I eat guacamole, but I, I have avocados nearly every day. It's one of my favorite foods. Wow. And they're good for you. Karen, what do yeah. you do with avocados? What do you like them? I, I love them. And I like more of the Mexican style with the chopped up onions and tomatoes and mm. things like that. Mm. It's also Mutt Day. That's mixed breed dogs, in case anybody's wondering. And it's Harry Potter's birthday, which happens to coincide with J.K. Rowling's birthday. People say, oh, what a coincidence. I don't think so. She wrote Harry (laughs) Potter. So, yeah, we figured that one out. Sunday is National Friendship Day, even though we had another day about friendship somewhere in there. National Friendship Day, it's Girlfriend Day, and that's women's friends, just being friends. You can always count on your girlfriends, that kind of thing. And it's Spider-Man Day, no food. And Monday, August 2nd, which I will read because... It's really going to be August in a week? Seriously? It's National Coloring Book Day. Christina, do you have or use or do you enjoy coloring books? Not, too, not as much as I enjoy other things. Okay. Karen, what about you? Any adult coloring books? I don't mean I don't mean those kinds. <laughs> you know, the kinds with the intricate little, oh, give me a break. Paisley, you know, the patterns and all that. Uh, anything? It, it, no, but when I was a little kid, I liked coloring, but I colored inside the lines. So, I, you know, I was a little bit already like perfection, like in those days. And Susan, color, oh, there you go. Color your chakras. Is that one of yours? Yes. Oh, (laughs) how did we know? I have to tell you, thank you. That's beautiful. Karen, when my daughter was in uh, first grade, I got a letter home. We got to close in two minutes here. Uh, we got, I got a letter home from her teacher that she was coloring outside the lines and they were very worried about her. Ser- seriously, they were worried about her progress and, and her reading and her artistic. She is a fabulous artist. She was doing acrylics that I still have on my walls frame when she was 13 years old. She illustrated, she's a, an MD, she illustrated her uh, biology notebooks with hand-drawn diagrams of everything everything, their works of art. And she's a brilliant doctor. And that's because she colored outside the lines. We have to close. I I wish we could continue this conversation. I've had so much fun and I've learned so much from the three of you, but I have some messages here at the end that I discovered Susan Chomsky in my notes from my 2014 shows. I don't think you were on that long ago. So let's quickly do this. Ladies, listen up. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss Slowly, there's no better kind. Love truly and laugh (laughs) uncontrollably and never, ever regret anything that made you smile. And one more thing, work like you don't need the money. Even if you do, make it look better than that. Dance like no one's watching. When I was teaching hundreds of people, they watched, believe me. Sing like nobody's listening. When I'm singing, nobody wants to listen. And love like you've never been hurt because we've all been hurt. Get over yourself. Money talks. Chocolate sings, and last but not least, and I stole this line, thank you for turning me on. Bye-bye from AKA Radio Red, Susan Chomsky, and Christina Smith, and Karen Gedney. Ladies, stay around, and Josh, my engineer at World Talk Radio Voice America, thank you, for, and thank you to Facebook for welcoming us. Thank you very much, everyone. Say goodbye for Read My Lips Radio. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host aka Radio Red again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool creative week.
Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to share success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Hear about personal growth, building a better business, inspirational life stories, and personal branding. You'll find it every day at voiceamericaempowerment.com. 